0: Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the evening time, Lord. Gathering us together, Lord, before you. Thank you, Oh Lord, our God. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need more of your presence. We need the Lord to touch our spirits, to draw us heavenward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're such a good God, a gracious God, that you said every path that we walk, everywhere we go, you will go with us. As he told Joshua, I'll be with you wherever you go. There's nothing more that we need. As he told Moses, my presence shall go with you. As he told Joshua, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. So I will be with you. Oh Lord, my God. Thank you, Lord. Purge Father, pray. Forgive, Lord our sins if anything, Lord, may, may have been displeasing to the Lord of hosts. Raise us to another level, Lord, in our walk with you this night. We bless your wonderful name. We thank you that we are people who are called by Hashem, called by the name, your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Called by the name of the Lord. You have put your mark upon us. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for meeting our needs. Thank you, Lord, I pray. Wherever there's pain, that, Lord, you would touch supernaturally, Lord, and set the people free. Reach in to their lives, reach into their bodies, Correct what's wrong, O oh Lord. May your mercy be upon your people. And those Lord who have to undergo medical intervention, Lord of any sort, whether at home or in the hospital, I pray, Heavenly Father, show yourself, Lord, again. To be the mighty healer. The God who arises as the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Thank you, oh Jesus. Jesus, lift the burdens off your people. Lord, I thank you. Oh, hallelujah. You said if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We ask you for relief, comfort for those who are undergoing any pain, those who have any kind of mental torment, mental pain, Lord, stress. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. And you said, Lord, to learn of you because you're meek and lowly in heart and we'll find rest for our souls. You said your yoke is easy, and your burden is light. That's what we want, Lord. We want to exchange, and we want more of it. We want to apprehend and comprehend, Lord, what you have promised so it can become ours in reality. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you lift any physical pain, mental pain, spiritual pain. You bring your rest into the lives of your people. And so they we'll find rest for our souls. Thank you, Jesus. Cause every mind and heart this evening to feel the peace and the love of the Lord God Almighty, to leave the cares at the feet of the Lord Jesus, and to enjoy the presence of the Almighty King. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for all you're going to do. We thank you for all you've done, even today, Lord, even up to this very second, for preserving our lives. Thank you magnify name, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God is wonderful. Blessed be his name. Praise the Lord for giving us his word, teaching us, instructing us. And uh, I want to say a few words about Sunday's message and what we heard yesterday and today. <clears throat> and that is this, that when you have a metabolic profile, when you have a comprehensive panel, as they say, metabolic panel, We've all had it, I'm sure, at one point or another. You have a profile with specific things that the doctor looking for. And um, that profile that they want to draw or draw up usually is not just looking at one thing, but a uh, number of things in the blood chemistry what happens is they arrive at a total picture based upon the components that profile consists of different parts that make up the whole report so as the Lord brought this to me after the morning call in a real way, we can consider that our spiritual health profile is made up of components. And as I look at the individual components, just like you may look at your own blood report, laboratory report, they'll see about the white blood cells and how's your red blood cell count and how is... uh your cholesterol level and how's your sugar and um, all these things. Those are discrete things that they're looking at. They're not the same as the other, but when they put it together, they get a total or composite picture of uh, the general health of the individual. They want to know what's going on inside. A person can look fit on the outside. You can look at someone that's considered the specimen of health, the epitome of fitness, based upon how flat their abdomen is, whether they have muscles bulging everywhere, whether their posture is perfect, whether they have unlimited energy, seemingly, We can look at that person and we may jump to the conclusion, naturally, that this person looks like they are doing well physically. But the blood test will reveal whether that's really the case or not. Because the outside is not necessarily something that corresponds to the inside. So that very same person, who may be a star athlete, the best shape in the prime of his or her life, when that screening happens for what's going on on the inside, it may be that they have an abnormal blood count. And the sports medicine doctors, the team physician, whoever it is, they see those flags and they are very concerned. No one else seems to be concerned because they're looking at the outside. But the one who knows what's going on on the inside can see what will soon manifest, sooner or later, on the outside based on what's going on the inside. This is what happens to us. And we need to know what's happening on the inside. So, the Lord gave this graciously, this kind of index, that is a way in which I can gauge. Now, how do I do it practically? It's nice to hear the sermon. It's nice to preach it. What do I do practically to get this to work for me? I need to look at the components. You know what we need to do? If we understand in the simple way that God has given that uh, B-W-A-C-E-M index, which is a measure or measurement. We understand that, and we know there are six things there listed. The thing to do to get it to really work for me is throughout the course of the day, begin with the B. Evaluate myself during the course of the day and particularly at the end of the day. To say, Lord, in this index, in simplified Manner to measure or gauge my walk with you. That's what I'm after. I hope you're after that. I'm earnestly after that because I know that's what matters. That my heart is right before the Lord, and so are you. That's why we're here. I need to take that sub-set or component, if in that comprehensive metabolic panel. You have all these different things that the doctors and nurses and the lab techs are looking for, the specialists are looking for. They want to see if there's normalcy or abnormalcy, because if there's an abnormalcy, they need to take action, and the patient needs to take action. So in that profile, you have these different things that we mentioned, common things like cholesterol and sugar and red blood cell count and all those things. In these six items, see, it's not good for the lab personnel or the nurse practitioner or the doctor or the specialist doctor to say, well, I ran the test. I ordered the test. It's a script. I I sent it down, and they're ready for you. You're going to go there, and they're going to put that tourniquet on you. You're going to roll up your sleeve and all that stuff. And, you know, we got it done. And what we're waiting for is, doctor, what's the result? Oh, everything's fine. Now the person that's uh, proactive and concerned, they will want to know, can I see the results? Because, after all, doctors are human beings. And they can make mistakes. They may not even be good people, they can... Act professional and be very sloppy as far as their compassionate care goes. They may be negligent. They may be malicious also. It's possible. There's no judge that's guaranteed because they get us got a seat in the bench, all of a sudden they're holy. Not at all. Similarly, doctors and any person, any profession. However, giving the benefit of the doubt that the doctor is good and does the job at least, he's going to say or she's going to say, yeah, here's the report. You can sign into this portal or I can send you a copy. And we can talk about the flags, if there are any flags there. We can talk about it one by one. Doctor, what is this level about? What does that mean? And how come it says high here, but I didn't hear you say anything about it? Doctor may have an explanation that may be warranted to uh, set us at ease because maybe that flag really in the total analysis doesn't matter. This is not the case when it comes to the spiritual profile. Every bit of God's word is perfect. He is the great physician, infallible. So when he says these are the uh, markers that we need to look at, if I take it and say, well, I've done the test, or I have the test, I have the prescription, and I went through with it. And my sugar could be high, my cholesterol could be high, I can have all kinds of mutations here and there, but all I know is the end result from somebody said, uh, they passed, they, they do, they're doing good. It's up to me to start with that sugar, with the cholesterol, somewhere. So the way to use this is practically for me and for you to say, Lord, you're given a very easy way to gauge my spiritual progress, at least in these areas, and those are big areas. Not the only areas, but important areas. areas. I have to start with the B in the B-W-A-C-M and say, do I have bitterness? Did I act in a bitter way? Did I feel bitter towards someone? Was it premeditated? Or was it in the spur of the moment that somebody ticked me off because they were mean to me and I held it for the next half a day? It's possible these things can happen. But if I have that spelled out, this is what you got to look out for and see if there's any flag there. In this case... Flag means you have a part of it. Just like when they test the water in the community, whether it's municipal water or well water, they will give a report, uh, PPM, parts per million, and they will talk about various contaminants and what is the, the um, acceptable amount by the authority or the authorities. How much lead can you allow? How much arsenic can you allow? How much of uh, this or that can you allow? They have different ranges. In the case of the spiritual profile and checkup, God says it's got to be zero. Even one part per million, even that sediment that's microscopic or micron, it'll pollute you. That's how serious it is. That's why God says it grieves him. And so if I take that B-W-A-C-M, Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse 31, if I take those things, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, malice, and I can say honestly, I'm okay. I'm doing well today by the grace of God. We need to be able to say, I'm doing well in the area of bitterness because I don't have any. Hallelujah. We may be saying, I used to be a very bitter person. I can get bitter very quick at people, circumstances, even God. But no more. I'm new on the inside. So I will watch for this now. Because I got born again, because I'm um, being sanctified, doesn't mean I don't have to watch out for it. I do. But you see, the failure of people in the church that causes spiritual disease and causes it to spread, it becomes a pandemic within the church, is because people don't look out for the very things that are spelled out so clearly, even more precisely than what we have by way of physical health statistics and guidance. Many, many times. As I said, the Old Testament, you have 600 plus commandments, about 613 or so. You have a, about a thousand more in the New Testament. So Well, in excess of 1,500. Yes, there are repetitions, but God is giving it for a reason. Now, bitterness, wrath. At the end of the day, even today, I need to say, you know, the Lord spoke this to me. Do I have this thing called wrath where I lose control? It's not just get angry, I lose control. I fly off the handle and I can chew people out if they try to chew me out. That's it. That's not you. Can't have that. So what I'm saying that's adding to or amplifying what was already said on Sunday and we went over yesterday and today morning is that I need to take this, I do, and so do you, and say, Lord, at the end of the day, what you've spoken to me so clearly Am I a person that still has bitterness and through the course of the day have I had that sourness toward someone or something or even toward you Lord? May it never be so but I have to check. I can't say well my sugar level is fine because I checked the last month or two years ago. Doesn't matter what I eat. The last report, you're as good as your last act. Maybe true on stage. but When it comes to The spiritual domain, your current state is what matters. How's your act now? I need to check to see if I have anger. Am I an angry person? Have I compared myself to my former past and say, oh, you don't know, you don't know me when I wasn't saved. You don't want to know me. You wouldn't want to know me. It should not be that. It should be, how is Jesus Christ? Am I in him? And if I'm abiding in him, does he have anger? He only has one type of anger, righteous anger. And that too, we can take that and annex that and justify ourselves for everything that we feel is right. And to be careful, he's talking about this uh human anger, which Must not be. Because it's void of righteousness. When a parent gets upset with the child, there can be anger that's justified. Righteous anger. It doesn't spill over into unrighteousness. We may not even know the difference. That's why we need to be in the Word and be in God's presence and say, Lord, I don't know anything. We really have to say that. I've said that many times to the Lord over the years. Lord, no matter what I learn, I know nothing, Lord. I really don't know anything unless... You give me something, Lord. Unless you remind me, Lord, of the truth. I need you a 100%, 24-7. I need you desperately. And so, he will show us what that righteous anger will be like. But what he's talking about here is the fleshly anger. We can't even have 0.01%, not 0.000. Not even a I don't know if they have a nanomicron type of thing. We know about nanometer and all those things. But basically, you can't have even a drop of that pollution. Are we prepared to be honest and to love God enough and fear him enough and say, Lord, you're speaking to me? I don't even check these things. What do you say? When you go to the doctor, I know what happens by the dentist, you go to a new dentist they want to know when was your last checkup and how often do you see the dentist that's their job they want to make sure as far as they're concerned that you're meeting that minimum uh, requirement for maintaining those healthy gums and teeth and they want you to have that checkup God wants us to have that checkup there's no other way this is the ancient path. Abraham did it. Jacob, Isaac, Jacob, David, all of them, Samuel. They made sure that they didn't have that bad part and they have the good part. But practically speaking, I need to take it part by part. And that's the point. If the profile here, at least in Ephesians 4.31, is talking about my spiritual health concerning these six items, I need to take it bit by bit. That's the way to do it. I need to, at the end of the day, say, Lord, this index that I'm hearing about, um, have I spoken evil, oh Jesus? Have I spoken evil? Doesn't God see? Doesn't He hear? He hears the thoughts within us. So how careful we need to be that we pass His screening. It's a pleasure, because just like the person who does everything to be healthy or the student that studies hard, it's a pleasure to be tested. It's a pleasure to get advice because it's only going to make me better. It's the one that refuses to take care that gets upset. And it becomes a tremendous chore, and undesirable chore. But for those would walk with God. They'll say at the end of the day, did I have clamor? Did I yell at anyone today? And did I get caught into that trap again? But arguing—that's not like Jesus. Um, did I have any evil intentions? I may not have acted physically, but have I thought these things? That's the way to check it. Similarly, we talked about that HLF index. To Also, the positive part is important. In other words, the total health profile, when it comes to the physical realm, we're not only looking for that which is negative, that we want to be absent in our system, we want the positive also. We liken that to the bad and good cholesterol. We can talk about atrophy. We can talk about degeneration, wasting away of the muscles. We can also talk about not a neutral vacuum but a positive growth, positive tone in the muscles. We can gauge that. It's not all negative, but both are there. Both are there. Those who would focus on the negative will never cross that threshold to enjoy the positive. Those who focus artificially on the positive will never be alert to the danger of the negative. We need both. And so the Lord says, be kind one to another. You sure you don't have bitterness today? Praise the Lord. Do you have the opposite of that present, the positive? Can you say, oh, I wasn't bitter. You've heard this people say this. I'm not mad at you, but do you love me? Thank you that you're not mad at me, but do you love me? As a brother, a sister, as a human being. I'm not going to put you down, but would you build me up in a righteous way? I'm not going to mess with you and bother you, but will you see what help I need? Be kind one to another, tender hearted. And, you know, these commandments, they're repetitious many times, but they're also uh, expanded upon many times. We know the Apostle says by the Spirit of God elsewhere, don't only be concerned about your own interests. It's all about you. He said, look on other people's interests also. The same Apostle writes, don't be a busybody. The Spirit of God really draws the line. There are people who want to help because they are busybodies. Their motivation is different. They want to know. They're information hungry and they want to get in people's business and they get a thrill about that. There's a, there's a measure of control that they thrive on. It's not from God. I want my hand in everything, so I'm in the know, I'm the, go-per- the go-to person, you know. There's a, a thrill of being the center of attraction. But there are other people who sincerely don't want to be seen or heard, silently want to help. So those things are also spoken about. And everything God says is good. Every commandment that has a negative aspect to it is good for the soul every commandment that has a positive aspect it's good for my soul imagine if this index can speak so much to us just six qualities enumerated here and if there are some actually 1600 plus commandments well over 1500 I need to know what they are especially if I have a bible If I don't, I'm plainly telling the Lord, it's not important to me. You're not important. Oh, I know the Ten Commandments. The Bible would have stopped right there in Exodus 20, for that matter. It was only the Ten Commandments. But we have 64 other books following Exodus. We have some thousand plus chapters following Exodus. And I need to say, Father, thank you. Oh, I can walk with you. I want that. Now, if we look at this index, we say, you know, now that I'm keeping a tab on this, I'm failing over here. Honestly, I did get angry. I did argue. I did feel this anger and I did get bitter. And, and so many things are happening. I'm glad I have this baseline to check. And if God says, get rid of it, I guess I have to pay attention more and really ask him. You see that? You know what this is? This is holiness. This is an intimate personal acquaintance with God. This is the real deal. This is Christianity. Without this, it's all false. person who thinks he's an athlete, he's in the best shape of his life, does not want to get checked out, doesn't care to get checked out, and eats anything he wants and whatever. You know, sometimes he may feel like, I'm going to eat all carrots and vegetables, I'm gonna work out, other times I'm gonna just, uh, go in this, uh, frenzy into the fridge, into the frozen desserts and all these things and just, I'm okay because I'm still working out every other month. That person is self-deceived. The levels are not gonna be good. They may manage for a while. That's what will happen to Christians. So glory be to God. May we take this to heart and say, Lord, I want to check these things one by one. Lord, help me. Then I can go to the other things. Many, many other things. Another basic thing is, uh, immorality should not be there. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, the next chapter, not even a hint of immorality. Not even a hint. You know what that is? It's like that horse that's in that race You can't even take the sight of one tiny piece of garbage on the side. It'll go off track. It gets scared. This mighty animal. We need to be that way with sin. Anything that's polluted. Now, if we have such a sensitivity, do you know we won't dare flirt? Our standards are different now. Many, many people in the churches, the standards are so low that they say, well, I didn't call that person and uh, seduce that person today. So I did well. Or I didn't give in to that person's seductions. I did pretty good. How low. How carnal. But my very thought, my very motive, I'm not seeking to impress anyone and no one can impress me. It's like David said, I'm a lover of good men. He meant spiritually. He said, when I know people love God, that's my kind of people. Those are my kind of people. People who are seeking God and virtuous. Those are the people that I'm attracted to. That's a normal thing. But how abnormal it is today. People are attracted by looks. Who? Oh, well, we can understand the world. I like the hair, I like the earrings, I like the chain, I like the sneakers, I like the way they walk, the way they talk. Oh, he's funny and she's cute and they talk charismatically and you know what kind of job he has, you know how many jobs he has, do you know how many vehicles she drives and oh my God. Mass confusion and it's passed on from the pulpit to the pews, from the mother to the child, the fathers to the children. So nobody knows exactly what Christianity is supposed to look like, except you be nice and smile, and uh, you talk Jesus talk when you can, and you go to church as you wish, and you try to balance out your secular programming with a good healthy dose of Christian programming, you're doing fine. No. God has marked out His people as holy, and he said, this is what holiness looks like. This is what love looks like. This is what real faith looks like. By the way, let me conclude with this, that holiness, love, and faith there's a particular order, specific order given on purpose, intentionally. The reason is this. Although without holiness we can't see God, although without love I'm nothing, Hebrews 12.14 12, uh, 12, and First uh, 1 Corinthians 13.2, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Even though they are non-negotiables, all three are indispensable for salvation, for entry into heaven. Still, why is holiness first? Why not love? Isn't love the name of the game? Without love, I'm nothing. You gotta have love. And without faith, you can't even please God. What's the use? You gotta have it. So is there competition? Why not just put it side by side? There's a reason. Let's work backwards. The Bible says, the faith that counts, really, is a faith that works by love. You need love to have a faith that works. Love is actually more important then a loose and a human definition of faith to perform some feats to show my faith. But do you know, if I don't have the character of God which separates them and makes them other than what we are, the holiness, the love will not be God's love. I can help people. I can tell them I love them. But if I don't have the pure stream of holiness, that love will be polluted. You will have some taint of human humanistic um, ideology. Some kind of carnality will be there. It's impossible to really love the way we're supposed to, apart from the life of Jesus flowing in and through us. It doesn't mean an unregenerated person cannot love to some measure. But it's an imperfect love. The agape love comes directly from the throne, from God's heart. And holiness is the character. In other words, if I'm in adultery, I'm in immorality, I can serve now until kingdom come. I can give my body to be burned. I can be a a part of every charity service out there. I can labor in the sun and for the community and build homes and give meals and take my paycheck and divide it into 10 and say, God, here's 10 for you, one for me, and eight for the people out there. I can do it. And I can say, you know, they're forecasting that we're going to have a very bad winter. But I'm really believing, I really believe that we're going to have a good winter and I'm going to make the best of it and help people. Wonderful. Well, you get elected president everywhere. But if you're immoral, all of that stuff is tainted. All of it. Because the first characteristic or attribute of God, truly, if you think about it, which differentiates him from every other so-called God, is that there's a holiness and a reverence and a presence that absolutely is pure in contrast to false gods and demons that are passed off as gods. Whether it's the Greek mythology, i spoken about this before, whether you grew up studying Greek mythology, you had to study it in school, you can see the demon that they ascribe the name Zeus to, and the demoness, if you will, they ascribe to his wife, Hera, and the battle that they have, and they have adultery within them, these so-called gods. Then you have another one called Mars, and he wants to fight, and this one, it's chaos. These are the gods. They built great structures, pantheons, and all these things. And then you have the Canaanite so-called gods, full of immorality, also. They demand immoral practices and killing of babies as part of their worship. We need to know how different the living God is. Sometimes we take it for granted. We think, oh, it's always like that, isn't it? We need to know he goes far beyond some basic morality. He's not just a God of ethics. He's holy. He's holy. His holiness burns. His holiness is pure. His holiness cleanses. From that characteristic of God, the attribute of God, when we become born again, we regenerated, as we read in Ephesians 4, we have fruit unto holiness through righteousness. We have fruit unto holiness through that righteousness that God gives. What other religion has that? Only God, the God of the Bible, can teach us not to be greedy, not to be unclean in the pure sense, to be away from every pollution that comes to defile us. Only the true God. And so that holiness is why it's first on the list there. So I can check myself, and you know, I can genuinely ask myself, I have the capacity and obligation to, was I holy today? Was I holy today? I know God made me holy with His blood. I can't earn it, but was I living up to it? Was I holy in my transactions? Was I holy in my conversation? Was I holy in my thoughts? Was I holy in my devotions when i prayed that i bring clean hands and a pure heart to god it's nice to preach about these things nice to hear these things over and over again and quote scriptures and be an encyclopedia anyone can do that bottom line is bottom line is end of the day god will ask me god will ask you so how did you work this out practically did you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and then we can know exactly where we stand. But praise God, we, we have a wonderful God who gives us those uh, tasks, responsibilities, opportunities to look at the negative profile, make sure we have none of that. None of it. You cannot go to the positive without getting rid of the negative. Impossible. But people love it. Give me worship. Give me preaching on repentance. Give me holiness. Give me seminars. Give me marriage conferences. Give me student conferences. Give me family conferences. Give me everything you got. I love it. Still lust watching TV or looking at someone walking down the block. Adultery's there. Nobody sees it. Nicely tucked away underneath. The veneer of uh, Christianity, false Christianity. Greedy, money is the name of the game. Smile, tell everybody I love you to death. You mean the world to me. Tell everybody, everybody, make them all feel just like Absalom. Win their hearts, kiss their hand, make them feel comfy. Tell them passionately, I love you. Brother, sister, I love you. Stranger. But the motive inside, God sees it. It's money. Who can I profit from? And that runs rampant many times, many times in the church. But it's unchecked because nobody's checking. But God keeps tabs. On that day, it'll come out. Everything we burned up, that was supposed to be Christian work, Love, God will show it for what it is. It was really hate. Because it was a thief that looked to take advantage of people in the name of love, pretending. Other people, oh, I'm not after money. I'm not after, you know, immorality. I love position. Give me position. I don't care if you lower my salary. I love to have that name. I want that name tag. I want that plaque on my desk. I want people to bow down to me, even if I make less than them. The thrill of that power. Power. It's manifest in various ways. By the way, people talk and look at people, they want to gather people together. You know, they want that control. We got to put that to depth. Holiness, love, and faith, sincerely sought, sincerely checked every day, will keep us safe. We'll be safe. Make sure I'm not a bitter person anymore, no more. I can't even have a point zero 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 one percent of it. I can't i got to put it to death. No more. When will it change? People cry and weep. I really don't want to do this. I really want to be different. And I'm making progress, but I'm not growing fast enough. And that's because you're not dealing with sin hard enough. That's what God will say to all of us. If we say, I'm struggling, when he says exactly what to do, how to do it, measure it, what he's looking for in us. No one can claim ignorance in the court of heaven. On that day, no one. Because we have creation, we have the conscience, and we have the charitable word. The word of God has taught us how to be and what to do. So may you practice this as I also. At the end of each day, it'll be wonderful. Imagine seven days where you could sincerely say to God, you don't have to broadcast to anyone. To God, before whom you'll stand single file. And so will I. God, I i was not angry for seven days in a row. All oh, the tests came. I went to this store and this guy was just giving me a hard time for no reason. And that lady looked at me wrong and they did this to me. And never once did I get angry. Not even when I was smiling on the outside. And Lord, I'm done with bitterness. Who am I to hold a grudge when God has every region, reason to hold a grudge against me? And He doesn't. Oh, let me forgive as God has forgiven me. And other things, see in Ephesians chapter 5, that uncleanness. I don't have any desire for anything that God hates. I have zero desire. Hallelujah. I can go on to the positive gains now. How much holiness have I grown in? How much love? How much faith? Oh, I'm feeling God's presence. That's what God wants. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I wanted to share those things as the Lord gave early today.